I don't know what to do. My my voice is is weak. It's weak. Anyway, uh, if I had this co-host spot on this late seating podcast, you know, it puts me right back up on top again. But this uh, this man out there, he, he won't give it to me. The head of the podcast network. What's his name? Harding. Jason Harding. He, he, he won't give it to me. And uh, he, he says there's no chance. No chance. It's a classic movie review podcast. I, I wouldn't even have to act. Just be myself. Oh, Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn down a Hollywood Pinocchio that uh, cries like a woman? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? What is that, Nancy? Look, you spend time with your family? Sure I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. You look terrible. I want you to eat. I want you to rest well in a month from now this... Hollywood Big Shot's gonna give you what you want. It's too late. They start recording right now. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic movie and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, it's good, right, Steve? It's about as good as it can get, yeah. Everybody loves this family drama. (laughs) Yeah, look for it on the Hallmark Channel. (laughs) They're an average, ordinary Italian family. (laughs) That's right. That's right. The one that comes with you for the deal is the one that will betray you. (sighs) What are we reviewing, Steve? We are reviewing that mob movie to end all mob movies, only the opposite of that, because they made a lot more mob movies after this. It's The Godfather. It's The Godfather. That's right. Is it racist if I do this? Probably. Is it racist if I start singing a fake singing an Italian song? Probably, yeah. But you know what? I mean, you <laughs> you work for yourself. Who's going to fire you? Yeah, that's true. Hey, me. Yeah. What do you think you're doing? That's insensitive. <laughs> Sorry, me. Hey, fuck you. It's me. <laughs> I'm going to review the whole movie like this. <laughs> you're going to be the, the, the pizza guy from The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm going to be Mario. Yeah. Uh, hey. <laughs> That's right, The Godfather, critically acclaimed Academy Award-winning Godfather. Right, Steve? It's that movie that is supposed to be really good, yes. The the movie that they now play at Thanksgiving time? (laughs) (laughs) Gather the children around. Hey, guys, our country's (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) I'll never forget the time when I was sitting on the couch with my father when they whacked Pauly. Ah, yeah, it was about time. We've been kind of, we've been stalking this thing for a little while, and yeah. it's time to finally just pull the trigger and, you know, gun it down at a toll booth. Right, well, <laughs> it's good to keep a few of these in reserve, you know what I mean? You don't want to blow through all of the classics in the first uh, run of episodes. We're getting, we're, we're closing in ever so gradually on a hundred shows well, of this Considering that almost and... every classic, big new, big classic that we reviewed, I didn't really like. <laughs> <laughs> Only a few of them have I really, really liked. The other ones I've been kind of... Yeah, I still think Steve cries a little bit about my review of Casablanca because I was critical of it. <laughs> it was so good, though. Why isn't he liking Margaret? She was fine. <laughs> she... 
It was the time that it was made. What does he want from her? <laughs> Uh, exactly. Yeah, you just you just described my uh, my Friday night. <laughs> I listen back to that show and I just weep. My wife says, "Are you okay?" And I say, "Don't look at me." <laughs> I think you're doing the podcast a little bit too much with this. I, I told you it was going to be bad for you, and it turned out to be bad. For you. Just leave me alone. <laughs> okay. Well, fine. Whatever. I'll just be filling out these divorce papers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, do you have any trivia? There's I no d- trivia for this movie, right? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> it, it's a real horse head. Um, oh. No, well, yeah, it is, but that's not my trivia. The, 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 the trivia I have chosen to share is one of those uh, interesting bits about the, the career of the director, of course, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. This is uh, almost universally considered his greatest film and uh, one of the great films ever made. He's he's very closely related to The Godfather and yet it might surprise some people to know that he initially was a gun for hire oh, on yeah, this project. The, I the, have the whole list. <laughs> yeah, he was not the first choice. He was not the studio's first choice. And nope. uh, they wanted to make the movie because the book was a bestseller and they, they figured they could option this popular property and, and mm-hmm. make a, 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 a profitable film. And Coppola was not their first choice. And he didn't initially, like the movie either. And yeah, initially he did not want to make the movie because he felt that the book was trash. And the reason that he ultimately said yes and agreed to direct the film was because he was in debt to the studio. And he was never going to work again and because his movies were garbage and he's garbage oops i'm sorry because his movies were garbage he was in debt to the studio which sadly i just heard some people turn off the podcast <laughs> they don't even respect francis ford coppola what, did he say? what about a little film called jack <laughs> um, oh, oh, oh. um but yeah so coppola and and of course coppola's out most of the rest of coppola's output post-apocalypse now is due to the fact that he was in debt not for this same reason but because the, the film that he made after apocalypse now was a huge box office bomb so yeah, he next spent one after that I'm yeah the one after that yeah I'm so the one after yeah that. he made a lot of really bad movies in the, the 80s the and 90s one after that he made tried to make Godfather three, and that was oh boy. Oh, Steve. He Godfather made III. he made a lot of shitty movies in the eighties and nineties because and aughts, he was and, he, and, and the twenty teens <laughs> and right up to this day. But it, it, because he ended up owing the studio a lot of money, and I think it's it's sad, but also kind of appropriate that the reason he took the job to direct the Godfather in the first place was also because he owed the studio a lot of money. So it's not just because he was a well that only had three pumps in it. <laughs> but boy, those are some pumps. Oh yeah, they were. They're I good mean, pumps. yeah. All right. Well, I don't. Uh, he cast a lot of his family in this movie. He did. His yeah, family's he did. all over the place, and and also the the studio wanted an Italian director. Yeah. But they didn't think of Francis Ford Coppola. That was not their first choice. I'm going to tell you what the first choice is. Is we go into who made this thing. <laughs> I'm going to get a call from the anti the Italian Anti-Defamation League. You sure soon. are. You sure hey, what's are. the matter with you? <laughs> they're going to call you right now. Somehow they're going to hear this before it's even released. <laughs> well, I have Italian neighbors. I'm probably calling uh, right now. Hey, hey. 
And then he said, what's the matter with you? <laughs> then they went, oh. <laughs> Five guys in black suits with black ties and black shirts got into a Cadillac. <laughs> See, and, you can be you can be hateful without doing the voice. Why do you way, have to do the voice? <laughs> look, I learned everything about Italians from movies, so you blame the movies, buddy boy. <laughs> That's right. He only does what he was taught. I suckled at the teats of Coppola and Martin Scorsese. Blame them. <laughs> you find me positive Italian movies. We probably I'm waiting. have to go to. We probably you have to go you, to. You can't pick moonlighting. Fuck you. You can't pick moonlighting. <laughs> we'd have to go to Italy and watch. Yeah, yeah like, we'd have to go to Italy. That's watch true. Italian cinema. <sighs> All right. It was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, the winemaker. And um, <laughs> he had come off a string of movies. That, the movie that put him in the hole was George Lucas's THX 1130, what? THX 1138. 1138, yeah. Yeah. Um, boy, it must have burned him something awful when George turned around and made Star Wars. Oh, man. He pan over to well, I mean, technically, in seventy because this came out in seventy two, this put Francis on the map. Really, I mean, really, really well, right? Oh yeah. And then George made American Graffiti that went over, but then Star Wars and the one Gangbusters, and then Francis Ford Coppola went, oh yeah, and then he made Captain EO, and he showed everybody that he can do sci fi. Yeah, right. Absolutely, all the people who rode that ride. It wasn't a ride. It was literally just a three D movie where they sprayed shit in your face. And you don't want water sprayed in your face while watching Michael Jackson in 3D. Oh. Oh. Anyway, it was made by Francis Ford Coppola. He's made other movies like The Godfather 2 and Apocalypse Now and Godfather 3 and... You're forgetting one. Dracula? Well, okay, yeah, he did make that, but you're forgetting one other really, really good one that he made. Well, yeah, but it's so good that I don't think he did it. <laughs> I don't believe it. And the conversation. Yeah. Which is, like I said, so good, I keep forgetting <laughs> I, that he made it. I don't think he made it. Because it came out almost at the same time. I mean, it came out, like, right after this. Same year, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. or no, it was same year as Godfather 2, I think. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. How come Hackman wasn't in this? Oh. Hackman could have, Catman could have had Duvall's role. He could have. He could have played that voice. Oh. He could have played all of them. He, he could have played the fucking Godfather. Hackman could have played everybody. He could have played Connie. <laughs> he would have been an awesome Connie. I could see him pregnant, throwing dishes on the ground while Can being you... beaten with a belt. By by, by Carlo, also by being Carlo. played by Gene Hackman. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, as Steve said, they shopped this around. Do you know who they, the very first person they offered this movie to? I think the their first choice was Sergio Leone. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh... And he said, no, no, I have another movie that I'd rather make called Once Upon a Time in America. And he made that movie. And guess which one Jason likes more? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) That one? That one. Anyway, uh, also they offered it to Peter Bogdanovich, who said, nope. And Peter Yates, and he said, no. And Richard Brooks, and he said, nuh-uh. Arthur Penn, well, another good choice. Arthur Penn, he went, nope. Uh, and then Costa Gravis, he said, nope. Otto Preminger, he said, nope. Some <laughs> bum walking down the street, he went, What's a movie? <laughs> Once W.C. Field tinkled on me. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can get him under contract. 
Is that a yes or a no? Just, <laughs> yes or a no? We just need someone to say action and cut. Jesus Christ. And like they said, they offered it to Francis. Francis said no, and then he turned around and decided to do it because he was broke and he may not work ever again. Right? Yep. That's it. Produced by Albert S. Ruddy. Screenplay by Mario Puzzo and Francis Ford Coppola. Based on Mario Puzzo's book, The Godfather. So he adapted his own work, didn't he, Steve? He sure did. And he got a huge, gigantic head. And he thought, I can do anything. I can write Superman. <laughs> Nobody tell him we cut everything out. No one told him. We just basically threw his whole script out. We okay? just rewrote everything and put his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Marlon Brando as Mumbles McOrders a lot. I'm sorry, as Vito Corleone. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were asked to do this part before Marlon Brando because the studio went, He's, uh, has anyone else noticed that Marlon Brando's kind of a jerk and we don't like working with him and he doesn't learn his lines and he maybe shows up and he likes reading alpha cue cards? <laughs> do you know who else they offered this to? I, I know they offered it to a bunch. The only one I know for sure that I've heard is uh, I know Orson Welles. Orson Welles, yeah, was the last one. Yeah, Yeah. and the studio wanted him, but Coppola didn't Mm -hmm. think he was right for it. Yeah. Um, The very first person they offered it to, and he said, no, no, I I don't think I'll be doing that. I'm I'm terribly busy, or something along those lines, was Lawrence Lawrence Olivier. Wow. Thank God. Can you imagine Lawrence Olivier as Don Corleone? Hamming it up (sighs) with his clear pronunciation, or even worse, trying to do an accent. (laughs) He should have just played him like like he played Shakespeare and just done it, mm-hmm. you know, with the British <laughs> no, accent. Please and... no. Oh, hello, dear good boy. And how may I help you today? <laughs> <laughs> and now you come to me asking for justice, and you don't even <laughs> think to call me Godfather. <laughs> ha 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 ha! <laughs> My dear boy, you can act like a man. I shall simply uh, make him an offer he cannot possibly refuse. He, he, an offer he shan't refuse. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, he turned it down. Then they offered it to Ernest Borgnine. Wow. I'll let that sit there for a second. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine was going to play the Godfather. And he said no. And so then they offered it to George C. Scott. Again. Wow. What? <laughs> So they, they, they were insistent that an Italian direct it, but they're throwing the lead role of the Sicilian crime boss at just anybody. Anybody. <laughs> then they offered it to Anthony Quinn. Well, that's uh, more uh, in the ballpark. And then, of course, Orson Welles, yeah. who would have been great in everything. And I think he would have been fantastic. It would have been different. He wouldn't get up, ever. He'd just be like... <laughs> My interpretation of the character is that he stays behind the desk for the entire film. And he's eating a whole chicken in every scene. That is how I will play this <laughs> part. I'll tell you what, though. Wells would have at least memorized his goddamn dialogue. <laughs> He'd just be falling asleep between takes. Ah, you come to my daughter's wedding and ask me this favor. For... My dear boy, would you mind yelling action a bit louder, please? <laughs> I have a problem with can't refuse. How can you can't refuse? It makes no sense. <laughs> You're not a writer, Orson. Just say the lines. <laughs> that is a poll from an outtake from a commercial. You will find it somewhere on the internet, I'm sure. 
Okay, come on, goddamn... we gotta pick it up. Okay, yeah. We only got one actor down. Al Pacino. And wait, are we sure it's Al Pacino? It's definitely Al Pacino. Are it looks we sure? Like him. Because he doesn't yell. He's not yelling every line. Are we sure it's him? He has... This guy's really understated. He delivers most of his lines to directly into his lap. <laughs> he had not yet discovered the yell. For the for the first half of the movie, I thought Kay was his penis because he's constantly looking down. <laughs> no, Kay, you don't understand. This is my father's business. And Kay's like, I'm over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Al Pacino is Michael Corleone. Um, yeah, he's not known for this part, is he? No, no, not particularly. He has other roles that he is mm-hmm. that are more associated with him. James Caan as James Caan playing Sonny Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone's heard shit. anything about James Caan, he like he, he has like three answers. You know how most people have like a yes, no, and maybe. Well, he has a yes, no, maybe punch a guy. Those are his four answers to the four possible. When you when you pull the one arm bandit, that is James Caan. After asking him a question, you're probably going to get one of those. More than likely, it's going to get punch a guy because apparently yeah. he likes punching people. Yeah, that 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 famous beating scene where Sonny beats up Carlo. Was oh, he actually beats. Yeah, it was completely impromptu because Johnny Russo just asked if he could bum a cigarette and James Conn <laughs> <laughs> and then Coppola was like just tell him not to beat up your sister we'll write it in I'll be fine <laughs> that's why he delivers that line that way because he's listening to it from off he's like I'll never be leave my touch my sister again I'll kill you <laughs> Should we, should we? Should he take that again? Should we? Should we loop that? That doesn't sound very good. He's coming at us. No, you you did great, Jimmy. Great, <laughs> good coming, job. He's coming at us. <laughs> please, Jimmy, please. You don't like you the way I said it. Said it. Watch. You don't like the way I said the line. <laughs> Is it wrong that I want to hang out with him just once? Yeah, I, I know. I agree. All right, Robert Duvall is Tom Hagen. Robert Duvall does good things no matter what he does. No matter what he fucking does, he's always good. Yep. He's always a good actor, and he's great as Tom Hagen. Diane Keaton as, I kind of disappear in these movies. <laughs> I kind of float in, I float out. And she plays Kay Adams. John Cazale as Fredo Corleone. Oh, Fredo. Oh, Fredo, you're going to break my heart. You're going to die in the next movie, Fredo. I just wish I could see it. You never go against the family, Fredo. (laughs) Talia Shire as Connie Corleone. And considering that this was nepotism, it's not bad. She's a good actress. She's she is a good actress, and she had a, a decent career after this. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Gianni Russo as Carlo Rizzi, Richard Castigliano as my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud right now. Peter Clemenza is my favorite character in the movies. Fuck all of them. If 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 Clemenza decided he's just going to kill everybody and then blow a kiss to his wife at the end of the movie, I would be so happy. He would just like here's the here's the here's here's the Calzones. Like, what'd you do today? Nothing. And then he just sits down, <laughs> cleans a gun, plays with his kids. The end Nothing. of the movie. Fuck it. <sighs> <clears throat> Peter, Pete Clemenza is my favorite character. I'll fight anyone who wants to come at me for that. It's fucking... Abe Vigoda as the traitor. I'm sorry, Abe Vigoda as Salvatore, Salvatore Tessio. You guys know Abe Vigoda. Yeah, he's Abe he's Vigoda. He's probably been at your house. <laughs> He's been alive for so long. He's he's fish, or now he's sleeps with the fish. Oh, that's bad. He has family that listen. I'm to this. sorry. Do, do, oh, do the Vagoda family don't know. listen to our it's show? Possible. <laughs> 
They're probably sitting around their little podcast oh. broadcaster. That's right, I made up a technology. And they all have little pennants with, with Pagoda's face on it going, finally, they're going to do a movie with Pop-Pop in it. Oh, I have nothing but the deepest respect for Abe Vigoda and his career. That's right, me too. I love him. Al Lettieri as Virgil the Turk Salazzo. Salazzo. <laughs> Sterling Hayden as Captain Mark McCluskey. Lenny Montana as Luca Brazzi. Oh, Luca, you're my second favorite character. And boy, <laughs> oh, Luca. Luca, Luca, you wore the wrong thing to that oh, club. You didn't. <laughs> they did you wrong, Luca. <laughs> and you lived on the second floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got to stop. we got to get through this fucking thing. Come on. I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to Steve. It's not like Steve's doing this. I'm just sitting here. I noticed. Um, Al Martino is Johnny Fontaine or Frank Sinatra, if you want to be technical about it. I mean, then I'm not saying that the Johnny Fontaine character is based on Frank Sinatra or the rumors about how Frank Sinatra became famous and got work or anything like that. That I'm not saying not based on for, me at all, yeah, Pally. I'm not saying that the war picture that Johnny Fontaine was trying to get into was from here to eternity. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you can't prove that, Pally. I'm just saying. John Marley as Jack Waltz. Alex Rocco as Mo Green. Morgana King is Carmela Corleone. Corrado Giappi Gappi Cop. Gaipa. Gaipa. I don't know. That's close as enough. Dom Tomasino. Franco Citi is Calo. Angelo Infanti as Fabrizio. Johnny Martino is Pauli Gatto. Victor Rendina as Philip Tataglia. Tony Giorgi is Bruno Tataglia. I'm almost done, I swear to God. <sighs> Simonetta Stefanelli as Apollonia. Go fuck you. Fuck you. Come on. Apollonia Vitelli Corleone. <laughs> you know what? After the anti- a- antipasti, that's actually quite delicious. Oh, it's yeah, absolutely. Apollonia. <laughs> it said like the song. Apollonia Vitelli Corleone. It's a little known fact. If you if you order the Apollonia Vitelli Corleone in any Italian restaurant, they will bring you something. Yeah, it's a gun from the bathroom that shoots you in the forehead. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for the then Apollonia. You, then you gargle gape like a fish while you grab your neck. Yeah. Oh, no. They, well, they, they put a bomb in your car is what they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Richard Bright as Al Neri. Music by Nino Rota. Cinematography by Gordon Willis. Edited by William Reynolds and Peter Zinner. Production company Al Fran Productions. Distribution by Paramount Pictures. It was released on March 24th, 1972. Running time, 177 minutes. Box office, I'm sorry, budget, 6.2 million. Box office, 245 to 286 million dollars guaranteeing that there would be a sequel right steve yeah boy don't you love the 70s when movies like this were the blockbuster movies yeah godfather 2 yeah the corleone strike back yeah and that movie was about 12 hours long (laughs) you know what's only missing from the godfather 2 because they tell the story of of vito corleone when he was growing up and then they tell stuff what's going on in the present yeah they need stuff like in the future when like in space types <laughs> I'm gonna re-edit Godfather Two so it has the ancestors of the Corleones as space gangsters. Yeah, my, Michael Corleone the Third. Fuck it, I'll just I'll edit in the gangster stuff from the Star Wars films and just say <laughs> give them all Italian accents. The Salazzos are trying to muscle in on the moon. <laughs> 
Don Chaba is very... <laughs> Don Chaba. I, I would like to thank you for inviting me to your palace. All right, Steve. Give this, ready. Give this thing with Johnny to Greedo. <laughs> and then he comes in. Greedo's been iced. He's, uh, <laughs> Greedo sleeps with the Womp Rats. <laughs> See how easy it is, folks? It's too easy. Are you ready? Come I'm, on. I'm ready. Let's let's actually talk about what happens in the movie. Nothing happens in this movie. No. <laughs> All right. Steve? Yes. Let's put on our gangster outfits. Oh yeah. Let's get us some Tommy guns. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk out of the side of our mouths. Yeah. Like gangsters don't do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make let's make the mafia all about family honor, which it wasn't. <laughs> let's forget that they're all murderers. <laughs> Every single character is a murderer. <laughs> let's root for a family of fucking murderers. <laughs> and run into the world of the Godfather. Steve, take it away. I believe in America. That's the first yeah. one. It's a weird job interview at the beginning. It, of it is. <laughs> so tell me about yourself. I believe in America. I believe in America. Yeah, so. I bring my daughter here and she get, she get beat up and I want you, Don Corleone, please. I want you, Don Corleone. I want you to find these boys who beat up my girl and make her so ugly I can't even look at her face. She has to walk <laughs> around with a bag and I write, she's very pretty on the outside of the bag, but no one believe. Don Corleone, please. <laughs> I beg of you. I want you to personally <laughs> rip out their insides, tie it around their neck, send yeah. the bodies to their mothers, videotape it so I can watch it. I don't care if videotape it. Get your hands off me. I want you to videotape it so that I can see them cry So yeah. when they see their boy's body. Only then will I feel that justice has been done for my daughter. Hid on today your own daughter's wedding. Don't call you on, please. <laughs> I will, be, I will be happy to do this for you, except <laughs> you were not always so very nice to me. <laughs> That's basically it. I'm I mean, very sensitive. I like it when people are nice to me. Yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a funeral guy. Yeah, and he's in Don Corleone's office, and it's his daughter Don Corleone's. Um, daughter's wedding day and apparently some idiot made up some rule that said that a Sicilian father cannot deny a request on his daughter's wedding day right 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 which there has to be some unspoken limitations to that because what's stopping somebody from walking in and going can i have your house <laughs> like i just they better be glad that i didn't live in this universe and got invited to the wedding <laughs> well, you, hey don corleone put on this clown nose and jerk off on the cake <laughs> and if I'm i get more than one thing. request i have a list I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. It's the day of my daughter's wedding. What t what choice do I have? <laughs> and it turns out this guy's pretty powerful, right? He, he says, I'm going to do this thing for you. I'm not going to murder him. I'm going to get him beat up real good, right? Yeah, because that's justice. The guy the the, the guy asks for them to be killed, and the, yeah. Don Corleone says, no, nah, it's not justice. They didn't kill your daughter. They just fucked her up, so I'll, I'll fuck them up. And you won't have to yeah. pay me anything. You'll just owe me a favor. Right, one day I'll come to you, probably with my son's shot up body, and then you'll have to do something for me. Okay? I'm just say like, oh, maybe. Good gumdrops, so happy. <laughs> and he runs out, and then we kind of meet. We're at a wedding, and it goes on for thirty-five fucking minutes. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> hope, hope you like weddings. 
<laughs> Michael right. Cimino saw this and went, I can do one better. Oh, boy. The I'm film... going to make half of my movie a wedding. Oh, my God. The film Rachel Getting Married had less wedding shit than this movie. <laughs> uh... We meet a whole bunch of people. Who do we meet? We meet Sonny Corleone, yeah. his oldest son. And Fredo is Hagen. there. Yeah, Tom Hagen. Yeah, Fredo's in one scene. He's drunk. That's true. That's true. Oh, and yeah, because um, they're there, and we see they're um, they're going to take a picture, but then uh, yeah. Don Corleone steps out and he says, "We're not taking the picture without Michael." Without Michael, yeah. right? And we meet Michael, and he's got an army uniform on. He just came back from the war because he's a war hero, and he's got his wasp girlfriend there. Yeah, and he's all like, "Hey, Kay, I know you love me, and by the way, my family is a family of monsters, and um, if, I don't. I'm going to tell you right now, my dad threatens people with guns and stuff." And he's a monster mobster guy, but I'm not him. Yeah. Don't, right? Don't worry. That's my family. That's not me. Yeah. that's. I'm just here and they all love me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they paid for my college. <laughs> yeah. That, my, my, their blood money paid for my education. But Yeah. How did that make Sonny feel? <laughs> Sonny, we're not going to pay for college because you're going to become meat for the machine. <laughs> Michael is the only one that I give a damn about. Michael about is the me, small Pop? one. Shut up, Fredo. <laughs> you remembered my name at least this time, Pop. Who is that talking to me, Sonny? <laughs> it's like a little, it's like a thin girl with no hair. <laughs> it's Fredo, Pop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say, too. Never mind. I don't want to be rude, but can you get out of my house? <laughs> Fredo, just go. We, we'll, we'll settle we it meet, later. Fredo, just go. <laughs> we meet Fredo. We meet Sonny. He fucks a girl. Yeah. We meet the, all the Corleones. We meet Connie, who's getting married. Yeah. To a guy who already has his belt off and is starting to beat her at the <laughs> altar. Also known as the biggest dipshit in the universe. <laughs> yeah. Carlo it's is the, the biggest dipshit in Carlo the universe. Carlo is a fucking idiot. He is, I mean, he deserves everything he gets. Not just for being a prick and an abusive asshole, but for being the biggest fucking dipshit who ever lived. <laughs> <clears throat> we meet Luca Brazzi, yes. who is adorably stupid. Yes, yes. He's, he's uh, the stereotypical mobster thug. Mm-hmm. He's like just a tank. He's just a human tank. <laughs> and um, we just meet everybody. Just yeah. another guy comes in, and it's Johnny Fontaine, and he's a big time singer, and he wants to get a movie part, and he like starts crying, and the Godfather beats him up, and then he says, "I'll send Tom out there, and I'll make him an offer he, he can't refuse." And Johnny Fontaine's like, "Yay!" Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so now we go to Hollywood. Yeah. Yep. Tom Hagen goes to the studio to meet with uh, Waltz, yeah. who is the guy. You know what? Something bothered me about the entire wedding. What's that? Are these people Italian? I think they are, yeah. Are they? Are you sure? It's I subtle, but sure I... sure if they were making sure that we knew. It's very subtle, but if you pay close okay. attention, you see there are a couple of little cues in there that indicate that they are Italian, yes. Okay. Okay. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Anyway, back to Hollywood. Okay. And we got to fix Frank Sinatra's career. So yeah. well, what is he going to do? Well, first, Tom Hagen goes and tries to talk to the studio head, Mr. Waltz. And he says, yeah. hey, you know, my, I'm, I represent a very powerful client. My client, if you help him and give Johnny this role, he can help you out with some of your labor problems. Right. And, and Walt- he's like, fuck you. And now a string of expletives yeah. of racial epithets. I'm, I hate you and I hate all you Italians. And, Johnny- and here's every Italian slang word I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and basically, he says, Johnny Fontaine's never going to get that part because Johnny Fontaine had an affair with a girl I had a crush 
Sean, and... You know I'm, what I love about that exchange more than anything else? What? He goes through the expo where he goes, you tell that, you know, greaseball day, you know, he just goes he, through the yeah, whole he, thing. Yeah, he, he checks and off he goes, every... I'm, he says, I'm not going to be influenced by you, Dave, you know, but, but no, oh no, that's what he says. He says, no, Dago Greaseball Bob, the lawyer is going to tell me what to do. Oh, and yeah. Tom Hagen goes, actually, I'm, I'm Irish German. And he says, no, Mick Kraut is going <laughs> to yeah. tell me. He's like, I can do that too. I can that's, insult anybody. That's racism. If, yeah. you are, if your cannon is always loaded <laughs> and you're ready to go. Exactly. He's got, is it a it, game at a party? <laughs> hey, Waltz. Hey, Waltz. Armenian. Chopheads. <laughs> Wow, he's good. What is he? He's wow, that's amazing. You know what though? He practices. You put in the work, the the rewards are obvious. <laughs> he would be a, he would clean up at the worst uh worst episode of Jeopardy ever. <laughs> well, Racial like... epithets for a hundred, Alex. <laughs> Alex is just sitting there with his head in his hands. <laughs> Have we really run out of categories? <laughs> this can't possibly be on the board. <laughs> for a hundred dollars. This slang term for Filipino people... Okay, I'm done. I'm yeah, leaving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although, it, w- it would be funny to have... If somebody gets it wrong, and then Alex Trebek would have to say... <laughs> Alex has to correct you! He, he would have to say... No, oh. I'm sorry. The correct the, the correct slang word is... The word we're looking for is slope. <laughs> slope. We're looking for zipper head. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for all of us. I'm sorry for you, and for me, and for everyone watching. I'm just he's, sorry. His head is down on the podium. <laughs> he's just like, I can't. I cannot do it. I'm not saying this next one. I'm not saying it. Uh, the ratings are through the roof, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care anymore. A lot of people in Texas are really enjoying this episode. <laughs> it's, it, what is it? Racial slurs, female body parts. <laughs> oh, God. Four-letter words starting with F, <laughs> and and uh, what is it? Potent potables. Yeah, potent potables. Urban dictionary. <laughs> All right, where were we? Okay, yeah, and he says, "Hey, I'm not going to help Johnny Fontaine. No way, no how." Yeah. Thanks for eating my food. Now get the fuck out of my house. Get out of my house. So then he. Oh, goes, by the way, I like horses. <laughs> yeah, I got this really expensive horse. It's an Just Arabian saying. horse. Yeah, I love this horse more than anything in the world. I hope nothing happens to my it, horse. Man. What happens to the horse? <laughs> um. Well, uh, he wakes up the next morning and he's like, "Oh, there's a bunch of blood in my bed. That's weird." Yeah, that's he, weird. He, he pulls the covers back, and look, yeah. it's the head of his beloved horse. It's that iconic scene, Somebody right, chopped off his horse's head, yep. Now, that's an iconic scene where the guy wakes up, there's a horse's head, he's covered in blood, right? Yep. Has anyone ever stopped to think about what could have led up to that scene? Well, obviously. Let's roll, let's, let's, let's roll it back. <laughs> In universe. Yes. So, Tom Hagen turns to a guy... And says, I want you to chop off that horse's head. <laughs> but I want you to do it in secret, <laughs> so nobody quietly. knows. Yeah, you quietly. You do it perfectly quietly, okay? Chop it off. Carry the... F- I mean, that's got to be at least 120 pounds right and, there. And it's carry it so that the blood doesn't fall out, because okay. I want so the blood gonna, in the bed. You're going to need to tip it up so that the stump is up, okay? You're going to need <laughs> at least three guys to carry it, Okay. <laughs> You need to carry it across his compound, past the pool, up a flight of steps, up three more flights of stairs, <laughs> past all the wait staff. Then you need to get into his bedroom <laughs> quietly. Remember, Shh. you need to flip. The, you need to flip his silk sheets back. You need to gently lay the horse's head in it. 
<laughs> and then put it back, okay? Do you guys think you can do that? Well, yeah, we're ninjas. We <laughs> Absolutely. can do anything. We got a sword for cutting off horses' heads. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And then they dis- he throws a smoke bomb and they disappear. <laughs> See, what you just described there is why we have the magic of editing. Oh. You, you just you skip all the messy, wait a minute, how the hell did they do that bits? And you mm-hmm. just, oh, look, the, the old guy has his horse's head in his bed. That's right, you can do anything if you remove logic. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess that worked, right? Uh, apparently. Okay. Yeah. But now we have to have a meeting where Don Corleone is told by everybody in his family that narcotics are the wave of the future. Yeah. And, right? But Don Corleone doesn't, he's not really on board with that. Why? Because, well, he, in in the scene where he meets with the family, it's not exactly clear, but he makes it clear in the, in the scene where they actually have the meeting with uh, Salazzo, um, who is the guy who wants help from the Corleones to move the heroin. It's, yeah. it's it's revealed that it's not that Don Corleone has any kind of, of moral objection to it or he's worried about, no. you know, selling drugs that will get people hooked and destroy people's lives. He just is worried that if he starts selling drugs, it'll threaten his political contacts. Because if the senators and the congressmen and everybody that are in his pocket find out that he's gotten involved in the drug business, they might distance themselves uh, from him. What? So he says no. So he says no. Yeah. So murder, gambling, yeah. prostitution. Yeah. That that that's a fine as yeah. far as the politicians. But if you're going to sell drugs, sorry, I'm out. Okay, I get it. Just so long as I understand the completely fabricated thing it's, that drives the plot of this story. Yeah. It makes a certain the thing that, Yeah, there's a logic yeah. to it. Yeah. You're going to make me believe that these gangsters are going to say, "No, we don't want money." It's okay. <laughs> money uh, well, it's not drug money, sorry, pal. No. Yeah, we like yeah, we like doing the old-fashioned way by exploiting women. Yes. And, uh, and, and you know, loan sharking. Ripping off people who need money. And, yeah. We like beating up shop owners. Gambling. Little old men that come come out of the back room and say, I'm short this week. I, I had to have an operation on my kidney. And then they just beat the shit out yeah. of him. Maybe stab his wife a couple of times. Cut off his That thumb. is a legitimate business. <laughs> right. But not drugs. Not because drugs. we know the audience won't like the family if... <laughs> they're doing the drug thing, exactly, right? Exactly. Murderers, okay. Murdering drug dealers, no, no, no. No. Sorry, no. sorry. That's, that's that's a bridge too far, my no, friend. It's a no. bridge too Al- far. Although it must, be, it, it should be noted in, in that, uh, as far as that goes, that uh, Vito is the only one who has a problem with it. Sonny is all that's for true. it. Uh, Tom Hagen is all for it. Mm-hmm. They, everybody else is like, we gotta do this. We're leaving money on the table. Everybody else is doing drugs. And he's just like, I don't yeah. want to do the drugs. Yeah. So now we have, we cut to Christmas. Yeah. And it's the worst Christmas ever. Oh, boy. We see Mike and Kay being boring with each other, walking around, shopping. (laughs) Isn't it great that we're not involved in the mob at all? Luca Brazzi has been told to become a spy. Yeah. And and join the... The The Tatalias. The Tatalias. The Tatalias, who's backing the drug guy. And he shows up at a bar, and they're like, you want to join us? And he's like, yeah. And then they kill him. Yep. Ah, uh, farewell, Luca Brasi. We hardly knew so you. So much for your career in espionage, Luca Brasi. <laughs> you really do look surprised when they strangle you to yeah. death. What? What are they and doing? Then, and then Fredo, the dumbest, most useless <laughs> family part of the family, is the one that's been left in charge of the most important part of the family. And he's he's going to say, oh, the driver mysteriously disappeared. I'll drive you, Papa. And he's like, okay. And he goes and he gets some fruit, and then they shoot him. Yeah, and Fredo and then, is no help at all. 
Fredo just sits there. He drops his gun. And yells, yells at his father's body. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, please be not dead. <laughs> Why can't I have a time machine? <laughs> I bought it out of the comic book. Why hasn't it arrived? <laughs> and then they kidnap <sighs> Tom Hagen. Yeah, they kidnapped Tom Hagen. They said, don't worry, Tom. We know you were all for the deal. We knew Sonny was all for the deal. We just killed your dad. I mean, we don't think... I mean, you think of him as your dad, but we don't. So he's dead, and this is one of the best performances of Duvall because he manages to cry a little bit without breaking character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they offer a deal to the family, and uh, they're like, okay, Polly said a pop, and then it's my favorite scene. This could be the whole movie. This could be the whole movie for me. Okay, so Pete... Yeah. He's getting in a car. He's got Polly with him. Right. He's got another guy, right? He's at his house. His wife is up there. She says, where are you going? And he's like, going out. He's like, okay, bring back some cannoli. He's like, okay. And then they blow each other a kiss. Sweet. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. And then they drive out to the middle of fucking nowhere. He goes out to take a pee, and the other guy blows Polly's brains out all over the car. <laughs> yep. Comes back. He says, leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> A well-framed shot, too. I love that shot. Oh, that whole sequence is, is masterful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Polly comes back and he says, okay, Polly's dead. Because you know why? Because because Pete is a stand-up guy and he's loyal and he does what he's... And he's... Oh, oh, why can't this movie be about him? <laughs> anyway, Michael finds out about all this stuff, right? He has dinner with Kay, and then he finds out that his dad's in the hospital. No, he... He sees it in the paper. This- he sees it in the paper. Well, Kay sees it in the paper, and then Michael yeah. calls... He calls Sonny. Yeah. And Sonny fills but then, in. then, all this stuff... Then he has dinner with Kay, and he says, I gotta leave. And she's like, and when am I gonna see you again? And he's like, ah, probably after I get married once. I don't know. I'll, I, my first wife will probably die horribly, and then I'll come back to you. It'll be, I'll be haunted, and it'll, it'll be scary, and you'll do it anyway, because you don't have any agency at all. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you want to still be in the movie, so you'll say yes. Yeah. yeah. Then he goes to the hospital, and there's nobody there. Yeah. And he, like, freaks out, and then he moves his father's room because they think someone's going to come and get him. And then he goes outside, and there's a mean cop there. And mean cop's like, Torty Toll! And he, like, hits him. I'm sorry, but he's an Irish cop. <laughs> and they end a fight, and then he busts him in the face and breaks Michael's jaw. Right? Yeah, he does. And then... And then Tom shows up with some hired goons to protect yeah. Don Corleone. And, and mm-hmm. yeah. And so then um, they go back to the office, and then Michael goes... Okay, I'm going to kill him. Uh, what they need to do is they need to kill the cop, and they need to kill... Uh, Salazzo. Salazzo. Yeah. And they're going to meet at this restaurant. They're going to be all there by themselves. And Mike goes, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get there. And Pete, the only guy who's worth goddamn in this whole <laughs> fucking movie, is going to hide a gun. And I'm going to take the gun when I go to the bathroom. I'm going to go back on and kill them both. And I'm going to leave. And Sonny says, yeah, sure you are. And he's like, shut the fuck up, you stupid, you freaking ape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they all agree that Michael's going to do this thing, right? Yeah. And so then they do it. Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. He goes there, he meets the guys, he gets patted down, he goes to the back room, he grabs a gun, he's, he comes back out, and he shoots both of them in the head, and he shoots the the cop twice, once in the neck and once in the head. This is really scary, and then he leaves, right? Yep, that's it. And then, and then they Don, they have to send Don Michael Cor- away. Yeah, Michael has to go away. And then Don Corleone comes home, right? Right. And they're like, welcome home, Grandpa. And he's like, and then they have to tell him what Michael did. And he's like, (laughs) because he's not really talking. Right. And now 
And now we have a walking tour of Sicily, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Steve, in the interest of time, what happens in the Sicily sequence? Oh, okay. I I can cover pretty much everything fairly quickly. Michael Michael sees a girl. He likes the girl. He asks the girl's father if he can marry her. He marries the girl. Fucks her. He fucks the girl. That's the sex Um, scene in the movie. And then uh, the girl is is driving Michael's car and it blows up because they were trying to kill Michael. It blows up real good. Blows up real good. So his wife is dead. Yeah. Um, How much time of the movie does that take up? Uh, It's a good chunk. It's like half. It's a good (laughs) chunk of the movie. It's a lot of the movie of people talking in Italian. And here's the courtship for this marriage. He sees a girl for 10 minutes, tells the dude, I want to marry her, right? Yep. Doesn't he? Yeah. Like, right there. Then they walk someplace where they're not allowed to talk, touch each other, or be alone. And then they get married, right? Yep. Love. Hey. (laughs) Why can't it be like that again, Steve? I know. The good old days when men got what they were entitled (sighs) to. But if you're thinking, geez, you know what? That marriage cannot be possibly be loving because they barely know each other. It's pretty much an arranged marriage. The woman had absolutely no say in what was going on. She was basically sold to Michael Corleone. I bet there's got to be a better marriage. Cut to... <laughs> Carlo and Connie. <laughs> what happens there, Stephen? Their marriage. Oh, boy. Well, uh, as we mentioned already, Carlo is a doofus and a moron. And Carlo is um, abusive to Connie, the yeah. mafia princess that he married. Yeah, let's he... let's roll that back again, shall we? Yes. Well, perhaps one of the most powerful men who has an explosively violent son. Yes. Yes. Who would not hesitate to, for a moment to rip his own dick off and <laughs> shove it in his mouth and make him <laughs> chew it and swallow it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to check my sure. Yes. That's how that that is Carlo. That uh-huh. is Carlo. Um, so the first time he he beats up Connie and beats her up so bad, like she's got bruises on her face and a black eye. Sonny sees that and goes immediately to the block where Carlo is hanging out and yeah. kicks the shit out of him in one of the most yeah. epic beatdowns in cinema history. Smacks that, that, him with a with a trash can. Yeah, just it's kills been him. imitated and, and satirized and yeah. plenty of things. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that that whole block gets a show. Oh, <laughs> get a boy. free show in the middle of in the middle of the day. Um, because yeah, we're now we're cutting back and forth. Michael gets married and he has sex. Yeah. And oh, hey, right after they show the sex scene, which isn't really a sex scene, the, the scared little girl who I yeah, think yeah. is maybe thirteen years old takes off her top and then Michael kisses her. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm making a joke. She's probably not thirteen. No, She's I would hope 15. not. She's probably She's fifteen. She's probably fifteen. <laughs> um, we cut to Kay. Remember her? Michael don't. <laughs> but Kay remembers him. Yeah, Kay shows up to the house and she's like, I haven't heard from Michael. Can you give him this letter? And Tom's like, I can't. If you give me that letter, maybe prove that I know where he is and I can't take it. End of scene. And she's like, wow, you're a good lawyer. Yeah, he is. And then, uh, oh boy. Okay, so then Carlo beats up his pregnant wife. <laughs> yep, he sure does. Beats her with a beats her with a, a belt and beats her a lot and then someone calls Sonny and says, "Hey, Sonny, um, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing that you said you'd kill Carlo if he ever did again? Yeah, this isn't baiting you to get out of the house so we can trap you yeah. somewhere and kill just you. Just drive, just just drive to Carlo's house via your usual route, please. Yeah." Yeah, and he does, and he gets to a toll booth, and he's going to pay his toll because he's a law-abiding good citizen. Exactly. And then the toll booth guy drops onto the ground (laughs) and shuts the door, 
and holds a picture of his wife and prays to God that no one shoots him. And then about 500 guys in the Jane toll booth and in other cars pop out with Tommy guns, and they kill him. A, they kill him a lot. Hey. Sonny's shot a lot, a lot. The sign right. says exact change. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. He knew the rules. It was well posted. So now Tom tells Don Corleone is up on his feet that uh, the war's uh, no, the Don says the war's over, right? Yes, uh, the, the death war's of Sonny over. is the last straw. He's mm-hmm. going to bring the five families together, and he's going to say we're going to negotiate a peace. Yeah, and then and then Apollonia, the Italian wife, blows yeah, up, gets blown up. And, yeah, yeah, and we're like, oh, she was such a rich character. And then we get to <laughs> the meeting of the five families, right? Yep. Where once again, and I'd like to bring this up, guys. This will be the second time that black people are mentioned in a derogatory, horrible fashion. Now, am I saying it's out of character for these people to be talking about black people in this way? No, I'm just saying be prepared for it. <laughs> yeah. And it may just have been possible to make the movie without that, considering the fact that there's no black people actually in the movie anyway. No, there are. There's two of them. They're both servants at the movie <laughs> producer's house. I counted. Well, I, I take it back. <laughs> yeah. One was, the, one was the horse hand holding the horse, and the other one was the maid standing in there while he was telling him to get the hell out of my house. <sighs> We're not bitter. Anyway. Why, why would we be? To have Shaft show up. Oh, please come into this movie, Shaft. Please. Let's have Shaft show up, just sort some shit out. (laughs) Anyway, um, what happens? They have the meeting of the five families. Right. They all make amends. Um, You know, um, Don Corleone says, the war's over. I'm going to be good. Everything's going to be fine. We're all good, right? Yeah, yeah. And he says, I swear that I will not be the one to break the peace. Yeah. And then uh, Michael comes back and finds Kay. Um, my children interrupt the podcast with barking dog. <laughs> Shut that dog up! <laughs> um, and then Kay, despite her better judgment, despite the fact that Michael has come back dressed exactly like a mobster, and <laughs> despite the fact that he now looks haunted and looked like he could never experience joy ever again, yeah. <laughs> and mumbles at her feet and tells her that he's he's taken over his father's business. <laughs> She says yes. Yeah, they get back together. They're going to get married. And they do because they have a child somewhere in here. Yeah, like the next scene where we see them together. They have like and a three-year-old And they have a four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So so some time has passed. Yeah, and he says a lot of things to her that never happen. Like, we'll be in five years, we'll be out. Yeah. We'll be clean. We'll be good. It's not what happened. That's not no. what happened. It doesn't and happen when, even in two more movies. It doesn't happen. Then he fires Tom and sends him to Nevada. Yeah. Clemenza and Tessio want to start their own families. And Mike's pretty much like, look, wait, just wait six months. It'll be cool. Right. And the Godfather's like, yeah, yeah, you, Dad, listen to him because I'm getting a little batty. <laughs> yeah. And he is getting a little batty. <laughs> yeah, he's for- forgetful. and yeah. Uh-huh. So now we go to Vegas. Fredo's there being a jerk. <laughs> Mo Green's there being a jerk. Basically, they go there, they, they tell Mo Green, we're going to buy out your casino, right? Yeah, Mo says, no, you're not. 
And he says, yeah, we are. And then what does Mo say? Fuck you. Yeah, you're, no, you're not. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. And then and and then Fredo takes Mo Green's side. Yeah, oh, and Michael don't like that. And Michael says, never take, never, never side against the family again. And Fredo, that, that sentence goes straight through Fredo's head and hits the wall behind him. <laughs> yeah. Because he don't learn shit. He forgot. He forgot. <laughs> he forgot about it. Turns out the Mo Green slapped a... Uh, Slap Fredo around a little bit. Yeah. And Fredo is, like, making excuses for him. Hey, come on, yeah. Mike. Hey, okay, like hey. an abused housewife. He slapped like, me no, around I'm, a little bit. It's my fault. I, I walked into the door frame and I yeah. wasn't looking where I was going. I'm clumsy. I'm clumsy. I fell I'm down. Clumsy. I fell down a door. I walked into the stairs. It only hits me because, you know, I deserve it. I should have had. I overcooked the steak in this. <laughs> Okay, the steak scene in Raging Bull, only with Mo Green and Fredo. <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's another film that did great things for the Italian American uh, community. Yes. Um. Anyway, so we'd leave it there, and then uh, Don Corleone. He's sitting with his son, and he has some regrets. He's getting a little forgetful. He didn't want Michael to go into the business. He wanted him to be, you know, senator or governor or president or something. Right. He he wanted Michael to to benefit from their criminal empire, not be involved in it. Right. Exactly. He's sad. Yeah. And then uh, he goes out and he lets his grandson play with pesticide. (laughs) (laughs) Including spraying him with it. Spraying, yeah. Spraying him with it because he's got this little tomato patch. (laughs) And he's running around having a good old time in an improvised scene with this little kid. They don't tell the little kid that uh, they told Marlon Brando that he's going to have a heart attack and die. And the little kid doesn't know that's going to happen. Thankfully, the little kid isn't too traumatized. No. He just he just runs off. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's arguably it. Arguably one of the best scenes that I don't think was planned, really, all that yeah. much. There was no script for it. They yeah. just I think they let Marlon Brando do whatever he wanted to do. They're like, do whatever you want to do, just die by the end of it. <laughs> and he said, I'm not going to say any dialogue, okay? <laughs> okay. No, I, want, I have a few lines. Can we tape them to the little kid's shirt? <laughs> I want to say this and I want to say this. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so he's dead. Yeah. Right? Yep. And they have his funeral. And they have his funeral, and everyone says, okay, listen, whoever, okay, what they're going to do, oh, because Vito tells him this. Yeah, if whoever comes says, to you with the meeting is a traitor. Whoever comes to you is the traitor. He's the one, because at that meeting, they're going to assassinate you. And Michael's like, right. And so at the funeral, who comes up to him, Steve? Oh, it's Tessio. And Tessio is the traitor. Uh, Tessie, And Tessie, then Tom Tessie. goes, I thought it would have been Clemenza. I'm like, fuck you, Tom. No, you didn't. Fuck you. <laughs> the most loyal character in the movie. I thought yeah. it would have been him. <laughs> the one that teaches Michael how to assassinate somebody. Yeah, come on. Oh, the one that says, you know, we're all real proud of you for being here. Yeah, that's like saying Dumbledore is going to betray Harry Potter. <laughs> Who are you he kidding does. with that shit? He does. Fuck it. Dumbledore <laughs> does betray Harry Potter. What do you want? Sort he of. lies to him at every time, every chance he gets. Dumbledore has two options. Lie, <laughs> don't lie. Every time he looks Harry in the face, he fucking lies to him <laughs> until things get so bad that he has to tell the truth. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Harry. I meant to tell Harry, as you can see, I've put some special tape on the grip of the wand. Now, after you, after you, after you say the killing curse, just drop it and walk away. After you have, <laughs> that's perfect. Let's come. Let's bash these two things up. <laughs> the Brooklyn School of Magic shit. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, yeah. So. Oh, and and um, and Michael hit. Michael is going to be the godfather to Connie and Carlo's son. Done, done, done. And then uh, he says, "Don't worry, we're not going to make our move until after the baptism." Yeah. And I'm like, right. And then they intercut between the baptism. And Michael's goons killing everybody. Yay. <laughs> they kill Mo Green. They kill Gabagazoo. They kill... I don't <laughs> know kill, who yeah, else Don, they kill. Don, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's tough because a couple of these characters, we never really Don got their Ravioli names. Don Ravioli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tatalia, he kills Tatalia, and, yeah, and he, he does, and he kills Barzini. That's the guy that's killed on yeah. the steps by, yeah, by Al Neri, who's disguised right. as a cop. Who yeah. does this remarkable face plant as he's going down the stairs? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and then uh, we save the best for last. For a while, we don't get to see Tessio die. They're like, "Hey, Tessio, we know what you did." And he's like, My, "Tom, can you get me off the hook?" And he's like, "Not this time." We're like, "Oh, that's bittersweet." Yeah, and then. They kill Carlo. <laughs> oh, they sure do. They sure do. And Michael proves that in his own way, he's even more of a bastard than Sonny was. Because Sonny would have just broken down the door and beaten the guy to death. Michael yep. sits down next to him and he says, uh, okay, look, I'm not going to kill you, Carlo. You're a bastard yeah. and you're responsible for Sonny being murdered. And, and I'm you the godfather my- of your son. And I'm the godfather. He's, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to leave my sister a widow. Come on. I'm just going to send you to Vegas and you're not going to be in the family business anymore. That's your punishment. And Carlo's like, okay. And then they uh-huh. lead Carlo out to the car, and he's dead in 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yep. They strangle him. He kicks the window out. They drive down the street. Every police officer and passerby goes, um, why is there a guy with his legs kicked out of the front windshield of that car? That's <laughs> uh, the Corleone family. <laughs> I yeah. think that there's two mobsters on the back with a bucket full of money going, you didn't see nothing, and they're just <laughs> yeah, throwing yeah. money. Go you back didn't see inside. fucking nothing. Go back inside. Everybody come out to see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> The Corleones are throwing money around again. They must have killed somebody. I love the See Nothing days. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, kids, it's See Nothing. The See Nothing truck is here. (laughs) Christmas is early. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it would be... (laughs) (laughs) The murder truck is here. The murder truck is here. (sighs) So right now we're back at the house. Yep. Connie... At the height of ingratitude. I can't believe you killed my abusive asshole husband. You know, that man who beat me all the time. (laughs) Nearly beat one of my kids out of my body. Yeah, really. You know, the man who set up my own brother to get murdered. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you killed him. He betrayed the whole family. You killed him. Why did you admit it? And he's like, I didn't kill him. I promise. And then Kay's like, has the gall. (laughs) Has the gall. To act surprised. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Michael, you didn't really do those things, did you? No. Okay. I, I think I need a drink. I completely believe da, you. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then they close the door on the dim bulb. Yeah. And the movie's over, right? Yep. Credits. You know, they stole that scene from the last episode of Luke Cage 2, season 2. Oh, they totally ripped it off. <laughs> they totally ripped it off. In fact, The Godfather <laughs> ripped a lot of stuff off from season two of Luke Cage. People will murder us if we do this. <laughs> All right, Steve. Yeah. What do you think about this completely accurate portrayal of not only Italian-Americans, mm-hmm. but of the mafia in the United States? The Godfather. Well, 
all uh, historical inaccuracies aside, and I agree, there are there are some. Um, you have to remember it, the, it's based on a novel. It's not based on yes. a history book. No, this is one of those movies, and I think I, I said this the same thing when we reviewed Casablanca, which is yeah. this is one of those movies that is canonical, especially with American films. If they released yeah, a, if they released a Norton anthology of American cinema, this would be one of the movies in it. Yep. It's just absolutely fundamental. If at no list of the greatest American films is complete without this movie on it somewhere, usually near the top. Yep. It has one of the greatest casts ever assembled, including Marlon Brando proving that you can win an Oscar even if you don't bother to learn your lines. <laughs> uh, um, but also, but think about this. Brando, Pacino, and Duval, who are legitimately three of the greatest actors in the history of movies. Okay. In, in, in the same film, doing some of their best work. Uh, that's extraordinary. I think you're selling Jimmy Conn down the river. Well, I'm going to... But they have... And they get support from actors who are right at that same caliber or maybe just a notch below, like James Conn, like Diane Keaton, John Cazale as Fredo, who is phenomenal, uh, Sterling Hayden, who's barely in it, but it's like, hey, who are we going to get to play the crooked police captain? Fuck it, get Sterling Hayden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Richard Conti, who plays Barzini, who is terrific. Like, mm-hmm. it's just... It's an amazing, amazing I'm cast. Waiting. I'm waiting. What are you waiting? Who who did I leave out? Richard Castellano. Is Richard, I, oh, absolutely. Richard, yeah, absolutely. Clemenza. And Abe Vigoda. And Abe Vigoda. I could list. It's a great cast. I could list. I could just go down the cast list like you did at the beginning. Because fucking my, completely ignored John Cazale. No, I said John Cazale. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes, I singled him. I out. forgot him because he played Fredo. No, I love John. <laughs> I love John Cazale because he he and Al Pacino team up again in another one of my favorite movies, Dog Day Afternoon. John That's Cazale true. is an amazing actor. Um, and yeah, it's. It's a it's the career defining performance from Brando. I personally don't think it's his best performance. I prefer him in On the Waterfront, but it's still an, a great great work from Brando. Especially mm-hmm. again, especially when you consider that he does most of it reading cue cards taped yeah. to Al Pacino or Robert Duvall's chest. I don't know chest. if he was doing it for this one as much. He did it for some was- though. I know he did for some. He did it yeah. for some. I um, also know that during the wedding scene, he got so drunk he started mooning everybody. Oh, Marlon. Mm-hmm. Marlon, Marlon, Marlon. And as we mentioned at the beginning, uh, a fairly unappreciated performance from Pacino, because when people think of Al Pacino, they think of his more explosive roles from later in his career. He does some of his best work, I think, in this movie because yep. he is so reined in, because he's so understated. They already have a yeller. They have Sonny. Yeah, they have Sonny. Yeah, exactly. And Pacino, by being quiet, by being controlled, by being the smart one, by being the calculating Mm -hmm. one, by being the one who... One of the only times that we see him show like he's about to lose control of his emotions is when he calls Sonny from the hospital to tell them that nobody's there. And Sonny says, uh, don't panic. And he kind of is a little short with Sonny. He's like, I'm not going to panic. You know, like he. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's very controlled. He's very. Um, yeah. It's a great performance from Pacino. Obviously, mm-hmm. the cinematography is amazing. There are shots in here that look like Renaissance paintings. Yeah. Um, it's just beautiful, beautiful work. The studio complained that it was shot too dim. 
<laughs> and, it was too and, dark. And yeah. it was too dark, and Coppola had to explain, no, that's on purpose. Um, uh-huh. Incredible attention to detail in the framing of the shots and the, the composing of the shots. Has a great first shot where it fades in on uh, the, the mortician saying, I believe in America, and it's just a straight-on uh, close-up of his face. And mm-hmm. then, and of course, the final shot is another shot of a character's face, this being K as it, mm-hmm. as it, as it wipes to black as the door closes. They're both faces of characters reacting to the Godfather, except it's a different Godfather in each shot, and it's different reactions, but I love that closure um, from beginning to end. Um, Mm -hmm. And the movie... it, it reminds me of, you know, there, it, obviously the, all the major characters are Italian. It's a very Italian-American movie. And mm-hmm. it, in, in its story and its scope and its melodrama and its romance in the literary sense, it reminds me of another art form other than cinema that originated in Italy, which is opera. It's a very operatic movie. Which except, Coppola takes to the extreme in the last film. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, because literally, like he's like, it's like opera, right? Right? Get so it? I'm going to make it exactly like an opera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And except in The Godfather, violence takes the place of the aria. <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of instead of the soprano hitting the high notes and wowing everybody, the, those those moments of climax, those moments of of uh, ecstasy are 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 violence because it's right. not it's not a violent movie all the way through. It erupts in no. violence here and there, um, and when it does, it, it it's very meaningful and it's very dramatic. Um, we mentioned at the beginning that Coppola. Other than this movie and a handful of others, uh, mm-hmm. has not had the best career in terms of quality of his output. But I have to say, to me, he's like the Sandy Koufax of cinema because <laughs> because he had a run, a relatively short run, mm-hmm. but a early run, in his career, but a run that was early in his that was as good as anybody. Because starting yeah. with The Godfather, he had a four movie run where he made four consecutive movies: Godfather, The Conversation, Godfather Two, and Apocalypse Now that are some of the greatest films ever made. That is a run that most directors would kill to have in their career, and Coppola did it. So even though most of his output since then has been really, really bad, uh, he's got that four-movie run in the 70s, beginning with The Godfather. That is the envy of anybody. And one last thing, this movie is my favorite example, and I think the best example, of cinema's power to elevate. Because The Godfather, the novel was very popular and very successful and very well known and that's the whole reason yeah. they wanted to make the movie but it's not exactly regarded as a great work it's considered like it's a, it's a good popular novel it's a popular novel it's a good it's popular a page novel. turner yeah exactly it's like it's like i would i would i would classify it as practically a, a romance novel about mobsters yeah exactly exactly it's not considered high art no. But the film made from it is universally considered to be one of the greatest films ever made. And yeah. and, and and speaking just for my own opinion, I think it deserves that distinction. I I wouldn't put it at the very, very top of my personal list, but it's way up there. And I think it it's it's a, a fantastic deservedly influential, deservedly celebrated work. And it just shows that yeah. you, you can you can take something that is based on what its own director considered to be sensationalist trash the Godfather novel and and translate it into the language of cinema and make something that is truly extraordinary and and considered to be one of the absolute peaks of that art form. So there you go. I'm done now. Okay, my turn? Go for it. Okay. So I agree with Steve. Um, This is one of the greatest films ever made. 
and we made a lot of fun of it because you can make fun of any movie. That's kind of the point of the show. Right. Um, we kill our darlings here. Yeah, we kill our darlings here. And this is one of them. Um, made in 1972. You know, we just had this brand new thing called the movie rating system that we were still playing around with. <laughs> and we wanted to do some stuff. We wanted to show some nudity. We wanted to tell different stories. And mobster films up until this point was pretty much had been done to death. Yeah. We really hadn't had a movie about the mob or moff or the mafia for a while. And when they were involved up until this point, they were just guys. They were just guys in hats. They had like a girlfriend, maybe. <laughs> they ran in <laughs> gangs. It wasn't. I mean, they alluded to organized crime. We got a lot of it in the Untouchables TV show. Yeah. But they weren't people. This was the first step towards making them people. But the unfortunate part about this movie, and I'm only saying this from as far as its content, because I don't think it takes away from the fact that it is a fantastic movie that is totally engaging, has a fantastic script, wonderful performances, excellent cinematography, and is one of those films that I will watch from beginning to end, even though it is three hours long. And I've probably seen it 25, 30 times at this point, (laughs) and I still get engaged with it when I do watch it. I will say this. It's a fable. Yeah. It's not ba- It's not grounded in reality. The mob doesn't work like this. Mob families weren't like this. And unfortunately, some people thought it was real. <laughs> <laughs> Including the real-life mafia. Yeah, yeah. And they coasted on that for a while. Attitudes towards the mafia changed a little bit after The Godfather became real popular because what they noticed and what we noticed was we liked these people. Yeah. Despite the fact that they were murderers. Despite the fact that they were involved in business that we wouldn't normally, you know, that we would normally, if it was anybody else, we would have gone, ugh. We like Don Corleone. We do. Yeah. Can't help it. He's as a cat. He's cute with his kid. I mean, he's, he's an honorable, he's seemingly an honorable guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the danger with the film, is that they took something real, which was the Mafia, and they turned it into something really, really fake, which was The Godfather. So, if you're looking for, like, a realistic kind of gangster, like, what was it like to be in the mob, watch Goodfellas, okay? That's more, that's more or less, that's, that's more realistic. (laughs) A lot of guys who were scared and paranoid most of the time, around a lot of people who were mentally unbalanced and could probably kill you at any moment. (laughs) The reason why I love Clemenza so much is because he personifies the most, out of all the other characters in this, the fiction that they're trying to push forward. And that is, he's a family man, fiercely loyal, friendly, happy. We see him kill people in this movie. Yeah, yeah, with his hands. We see him strangle (laughs) people, yeah. We see him strangle people. (laughs) And so if you can balance that, if you can approach this movie and go, I know it's not real... You're fine. I know that the, there were Italian-American groups that really don't like this film for a reason. And the main reason is is that it doesn't really portray Italian-American families all that well. I was not joking when I said that I cannot offhand think of a movie with Italian-American characters in it that did not involve the mob somehow, yeah. which is unfortunate because organized crime is a real thing in the country. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real violent and awful and icky. Yeah. A whole lot of not fun. But there's nothing, there's no superlatives that I can put onto the film more than what it's already gotten. It's one of the greatest films ever made. And if you haven't seen it, fucking go see it. 
but don't expect it to be realistic. No, right? no. You know, this is a movie that's going to, that is going to outlive the people who made it, namely Francis Ford Coppola. Um, this is going to live. This has already lived past him. Francis has kind of faded away in the movie industry. He's gone on and done other things. I'm sure he's still involved in the movie business, but I bet you could probably name all of his daughter's latest films, but none of his. That's true. That's very true. Okay. So, um, Steve, classic or not classic? Oh, classic. Yeah. Yeah, classic. absolutely. Go see it. Go see it. You can watch This is one of those movies that you can watch with the sound off. Because <laughs> That's of the, true. No, honestly, yeah. it's one of the, if you want to learn about film, well, you can watch a film. In fact, you should watch a film without the sound on to learn about framing. Yeah. To see how well it's telling the story. To see if you can, if you can pick up on story beats, what's going on in a film with the sound off, then that's that's doing its job because it's telling you it's telling you something without literally telling yeah. you. Yeah, and this this is a really good movie to do that because as as I said in my review, I mean, there's there's a tremendous amount of attention to detail in the way these shots are are set up. So yeah, that's absolutely mm-hmm. you can learn a lot. From and the score is underplayed. The score is the score is decent. The score is amazing. It's, the score is yeah, yeah, yeah. A very it's, iconic theme, and it underscores like the the epicness and the operatic character. And of that's it. the perfect word. It underscores. Yeah, it, it rides right underneath yeah. it. I've complained a lot about. I've been complaining a lot about John Williams through Steven Spielberg lately. Yeah, because of his over reliance on a score to convey emotion um this one is everything it's underplayed because everything is on the screen rather than in the rather than in the soundtrack yeah right? yeah so and the yeah. score the score emphasizes the uh the darkness and the tragedy of it in a really effective yeah. way too it sort of it reminds you like these are the, you're not supposed to be happy about this this isn't a happy story there's a darkness no. that is always present and there's a tragedy that is always present especially in michael's story mm-hmm. and the score yeah. really carries that well Mm-hmm. And it's well lit. I mean, yeah. the way they light uh, Brando at certain times to make him look more ominous and more removed yeah. and more remote. Um, you know, there's uh, subtle little things like when uh, when Michael is making his transition, starting to become the Don, when he's formulating a plan to to kill the police chief and the other guy at the restaurant. His jaw's broken, so yeah. he's talking like the Godfather at this point. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got a little bit of that. That lisp in his voice because his jaw's been broken. There's lots of little stuff like that scattered throughout the film. Yeah, could they have cut out uh, Sicily? Sure, they could have. They could have cut the whole thing out. <laughs> Here's why: nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We we see Michael losing, get, getting married, and losing his wife, but it's never mentioned after he comes home. No. Yeah. And does it impact him? I don't know. He just comes back and marries Kay, right? Yeah. So it, it didn't matter if any of that happened, and it didn't matter. You could have cut the entire thing out, and he just came back from hiding. How long have you been back, Michael? A year. Want to get married? Okay. <laughs> Anything happened to you while you were gone? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, classic. Great. Yay. Yay. All right, Steve, you have a movie that you don't want to recommend, right? <laughs> I sure do. Okay, Steve, go for it. Okay, well, as tempting as it is to not recommend One from the Heart, which is the the movie that completely tanked Coppola's career uh, because it was so expensive <laughs> and such a box office disaster, I'm actually going to mm. review or not, not recommend um, another mob movie, but a mob movie that is sort of on the opposite end of the scale from The Godfather. Godfather is considered one of the best, if not the best mob movie ever, and the movie I'm going to not recommend is one of the worst mob movies <laughs> that I've ever seen anyway, <laughs> and it was... It's a movie from this peculiar late 80s, early 90s 
subgenre where they would take like brat pack actors and put them in historical dramas. They did it with okay, they they yeah. did they did it they did it with Young Guns and okay. that was and that was like a big hit. So they said, "Oh, people, that was okay. It, it was, was okay, right. but that was a big." And believe hit. it or not, it was kind of appropriate to the ages of the actual people. Oh in yeah, the West. Oh yeah, very much. Yeah, it's much more appropriate to have people. You're making in there. me defend Young Guns. Well, it's a fun movie. It's a fun <laughs> movie, and I'm not I'm not talking about Young Guns, but 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 the oh, okay. movie I am talking about is a product of that same sort of wave of let's take the young hot actors and put them in historical stuff. It's they said let's do Young Guns, but let's make it about the mafia in the 30s instead of the old west and they made a movie called mobsters that is supposedly talk about the godfather not being historically accurate this movie is supposedly about the rise of uh lucky luciano and bugsy siegel and frank costello (laughs) and all these great legendary mobsters in new york in the 30s uh starring christian slater and Richard Grieco, remember him? <laughs> um, Patrick Dempsey, who did go on to have something of a career. Uh, uh, F. Murray Abraham, showing how far you can fall after winning an, an Oscar. Uh, and uh, on paper, not a bad cast. F. Murray Abraham, Laura Flynn Boyle, Anthony Quinn is in here. Um, <laughs> and it's, like I say, it's like Young Guns, but it's about mobsters instead of cowboys. And and, uh, mm-hmm. and it's really, really bad. It was, <laughs> it was actually a Razzie Award winner. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's it's from 1991. It was directed by Michael Karbelnikov, and if you haven't heard of him, don't worry about that. Yeah, because uh, he's, uh, he's, he's nobody. Um, he does, yeah. He watched and, your car last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's basically an hour and a half of just of just crap. And if you, <laughs> if you watch The Godfather and you think that was a pretty good mob movie, I wonder if they're all that good. You can watch this movie, Mobsters, yeah, and find out. find out that no, they're not. So that that's my not recommendation. Do not see Mobsters. Okay, my turn. Yeah. Now, as you guys know, I like to take a movie from the same year as the movie that we just um, reviewed. So it's 1972, and I wasn't going to find another mob movie because this was the rebirth of the mob film, right, Steve? It sure was. So I'm going to take a movie that also examines a dysfunctional family. And I'm also going to take a movie that has uh, violence in it, kind of. <laughs> Except this movie is a little bit of a cult classic. Some people really, really like it. I find it pretentious. I find it satire too broad. I find it to be just kind of cringy. Oh, boy. <laughs> the movie that I'm going to not recommend is a little movie called The Ruling Class. Ah. Have you seen that, Steve? I have not seen it. I, I'm aware Don't. of it. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I know the movie you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. Okay, so The Ruling Class ostensibly is supposed to be a satire of the British upper crust, right? The people who are in the House of Lords and basically run the country. And it's supposed to be like, they're oh, they're so crazy. And it stars Peter O'Toole as this guy who becomes the Lord of whatever, and he thinks he's Jesus Christ. And so he walks around in a brown robe for most of the movie with his long blonde wig and his long blonde beard saying he's Jesus Christ, Acting like he's Jesus Christ while everyone goes, oh, he's crazy. We need to get him married to a woman, get her pregnant so she can have a baby, and then we can have him institutionalized and we'll raise the baby to be the ruling part of the thing, right? And 
There's so much humor and st- funny black comedy. <sighs> and then he gets put in an institution. And they say, I know how we'll cure him. He'll meet another Jesus Christ. And he meets another Jesus Christ. And then he goes, oh, that's right, I'm Jack. And they think, yeah, he's cured because the character's name is Jack. But it turns out now, instead of thinking he's Jesus Christ, he now thinks he's Jack the Ripper. <laughs> oh, ha, see how funny it is? See, now he's like a murderer. And it has a pretty iconic final scene, but then it's interrupted with goofy shit and weird <laughs> stuff. And I just, it was just one of those things where I see the point they're trying to make, but it's a little too bonk bonk on your head kind of broad satire. I've seen more subtle satire on Monty Python, to be quite honest. <laughs> and they do it better. Well, This was yeah. a play that had been adapted into a film, and I think it probably worked right as a play. I mean, the main character sleeps on a cross, for pity's sake. <laughs> like, why would Jesus sleep on a cross? So don't go see the ruling class, okay? It's supposed to be funny, but it isn't. Not even a little. Wow. I know I, there are people who love this movie, and I'm just like, Bleh. please grow up. You're not, you're not moody and 18 anymore and in college stop it boy supposed to be funny but isn't is my least favorite genre of movie yep okay steve that's it yeah we've done another one goodbye godfather we gotta do this again though yeah what are we gonna do for the next one well you know how what happens when we watch a really really good movie yeah well oh yeah yeah Yeah. do you remember a lot we name dropped a movie a lot at the beginning of the year remember that steve did we yeah, we named drop a movie a lot. We did. The the year, and we couldn't do it. Do you remember why we couldn't do the movie, Steve? Oh, because it wasn't 10 years old uh, You're starting to remember oh. what movie I was talking about. Oh, boy. I think I got it. <laughs> Steve is now looking up air flights out of the country <laughs> a certain, on his computer. A certain movie must have celebrated its 10th birthday <laughs> it recently. It did, last June. Oh, boy. Yay! Hey, guys, for those of you who regularly listen, you already know what I'm talking about. Oh. As you guys know, we it is our duty. <laughs> and that's, a, that's an appropriate word for this oh, film. Oh, it is. It's our duty to not just review the classically good films like The Godfather, right? Steve? Right. We need to watch the, the notoriously bad movies, too. To see if they are actually indeed bad, right, Steve? Absolutely. We give every like, movie a chance. Like Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Yeah, absolutely. We they said it was notoriously bad, and we loved it, it didn't we? Yeah, it was a good. It was a good little movie. Yes, it was. Gosh darn it! It's the only one I can think of at this moment. <laughs> and we both agree that the prequels are bad movies, but not as bad as some people make them out to be, right? Yeah, not worth the uh, you know like say harassing people over. Or throwing away all of your Star Wars action figures. Or, yeah, or really doing anything other than just watching a different movie. Yeah, exactly. But this movie might change all that. This <laughs> the movie that we're going to review next time around not only killed somebody's career, Oof. and I do mean fucking kill it. Yeah. You can see it murdering it right on the screen. <laughs> but it kind of killed my enthusiasm for film. <laughs> And the prospect of watching it again Uh, may challenge that, right, Steve? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The movie that we're going to review next is a little film written by Mike Myers, starring Mike Myers, and it's a love guru. There I said it. We're finally going to do it. Okay, guys, we're finally going it. (sighs) Yep. It's out there now. So, we have now we have there. no choice. It's out there, and I just looked it up, and it's it's free with Amazon Prime, Steve. Yay! 
<laughs> well, at least I mean, at least I don't have to pay for it. That's true. And Godfather's on Netflix, so if you guys want to watch Godfather, because I, I I'm having a hard time saying the next thing that I normally say to you guys, and that is go out and if you want to get all the, uh, if you want to get all the jokes, go out and watch. I go out and watch the Love Guru guys. <laughs> We don't, I'm not trying to hurt you, I swear to Christ I'm not. We don't like hurting you, but we have to. Yeah, we have this to. is good for you. <laughs> Give me the belt. <laughs> Clean this up. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, that's next. Mm. So you have a lot to look forward to, right? Oh, boy. Right, everybody. Yay. So, We're sorry. So sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. <sighs> for late seating. This has been Jason Harding. You can go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. Thanks for listening. Make sure to listen to us again. Only don't tell me you're innocent. Because it insults my intelligence. It makes me very angry. I'm innocent. God, God you know how I hate that! I love watching you get so angry. I'm so innocent. Oh, God, you fuck, don't you even. Look at me lick my little lolly. Ow! No, ow, no, why? Ow, no! We're ending it right there. <laughs> We're not even going to say goodbye, everybody. It's just going to end with you being... Uh, violence. <laughs> violence is funny, everybody. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash lemmelisten. And... Thanks for listening.